Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Tuesday, the 6th of February, 2024. Um, <laughs> I've just started re-recording this particular episode. I got about five minutes in and I realized that uh, when I was introducing it, I'd say it was the 6th of February, 2022. So not a great start, but um, when you figure out that, or maybe I've said something wrong, had to go back and actually listen to that. And uh, rather than just change the date, said, ah, oh, bugger, I'll just re-record it. So I trust you're doing well. I trust you've had a great weekend and I trust you and your sales team have started very strongly in this particular week. Uh, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about a, a post I put up on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Um, but before we jump into that, just a reminder that if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated if you can. Uh, to do that, simply press uh, subscribe on the platform that you are listening to or if you're on the Apple platform, of course, I think it's as simple as just pressing follow and uh, that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to, digested and of course implemented. And while we're at it, if you can also do me another big favor and please rate the show on the platform you're listening to as well because that would greatly enhance the ability of other people to find more easily and more readily the podcast on the various platforms. Uh, I know there's a lot of podcast shows out there. There's not that many that are as regularly updated, um, but Nonetheless, if you can rate the show, that will be hugely, hugely appreciative. So as we, as we get into today's episode, uh, I put a post on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago talking about, and the title was, Stop Chasing Two Rabbits at a Time. And the reason I put that up is two things. One, I remember back to my sales days, and, and particularly when I was running sales teams, how many people were juggling as many opportunities as they possibly could at the one time. But I was out on the on a Sunday afternoon just watching my border collie Millie run around the backyard and she loves chasing rabbits. And the thing is, there are so many rabbits that are in our backyard that she doesn't know which one to chase. So she keeps changing her mind and therefore she's trying to chase multiple rabbits at a time. And then I looked up um, chasing rabbits and there was a saying that, that was uh, linked to Confucius that said, the person who chases two rabbits catches neither. And I was thinking about that and I'm thinking, well, it's so applicable to sales and also to sales leadership. And I think back to my own time where as a sales leader and particularly when I was a salesperson, a card carrying member, if you like, of the sales fraternity, I was guilty of uh, chasing multiple rabbits at one time. And, and this is obviously a metaphor for multiple opportunities. And there's sometimes there was pressure upon the sales team uh, and pressure upon me from, in, in some cases, my direct sales leader to deliver the numbers in the short term. So it was always about the number, the number, the number. And this can often lead to behavior where we're chasing so many opportunities and therefore get caught up in the busyness of chasing that we end up burning energy for not much return. And at the end of the day, the rabbits, or dare I say the opportunities, get away. Now, intuitively, we know that focused action and attention on the right customer can deliver results. And yet, we've all probably been guilty of chasing multiple opportunities at once and hoping that we will hit the jackpot. Now, I keep saying 
often that every now and then you may actually catch lightning in a bottle. But most organizations and most customers and most opportunities will take some work, they'll take some investment, and they'll take some time. Um, so as we, as we move into this particular week, uh, thinking about the opportunities that you have currently in your team, I wanted to touch on 10 key principles that if we can focus on these, they may just in fact provide some uh, tangible results or at least facilitate some real progress. So number one is a thing called precision targeting. Now, it's so it's so interesting to see sales teams go really, really wide and almost cast the net out as far as they can and as wide as they can in the hope that they're going to capture a big piece of the marketplace. Now, this is a hope strategy and hope does not necessarily pay the bills. So one of my earliest mentors used to always talk about this metaphor around the fishing net. And if you actually put a fishing net in the water and stretch it, it actually creates bigger holes in the net itself and the smaller fish can actually flow through it, which means you're going to not necessarily catch a great number of fish. Uh, what he was talking about was you need to actually go deep and you need to actually be very, very specific. So precision targeting is talking about what is the specific marketplace or what is the specific customer segment that you are going to be focused on. So becoming laser focused on your niche or your customer is absolutely critical. Now, you can't be all things to all people. So you need to understand that as a sales leader and as a sales team and certainly as an organization, your services, your products and your solutions are not going to resonate with everybody. They'll resonate with some and they won't resonate with others. So as a sales team and as a sales leader, we need to get really, really focused on who is the ideal customer, who is our ideal customer avatar and focus our efforts on that. So the first principle is precision targeting. The second one is deep understanding. So this follows on from point number one, that we need to develop a really deep and thorough understanding of the target customer to the point where we know what their needs are and we know what their preferences are almost before they do. Now, another one of my mentors always used to talk about the fact that in sales, it is all about problem solving. And one of the keys to that is to understand what is the problem that the marketplace has or what is the problem that your specific target customer has and can you solve that particular problem? Now, if we can get really clear on what that problem is, and if we can articulate that problem sometimes better than the target customer can, then what that will do is in their mind, they'll actually have an almost like this unconscious bias towards you as to potentially having a solution to that problem. Now, as long as they want to therefore solve that problem, there's a high probability that because you've been targeted, because you actually know the customer, because you know the problem and you can articulate it, there's a high probability of that turning into at least a conversation and even more uh, possibly a solution that they're going to take up. So a deep understanding is point number two. Point number three is having a personalized approach, ensuring that the sales approach that you have is specific to the customer and not generalized as many approaches are, which means it has to be all about them and not about you. And I see this so many times, even in 2023 and now in 2024, when I'm looking at proposals that sales teams are putting out to their customers, it's staggering how many times they mention their own company and all the things that try to convince the customers to why they should do business with their company at the expense of mentioning their company, as in the customer's company, um, not as many times. So in some cases, it's a ratio of five to one. In other cases, it's a ratio of, would you believe it, 10 to one, where organizations, sales organizations, mention their own company 10 times more than they mention the customer's company. So it needs to be a personalized response and a personalized approach. So make it all about them and not about you. Because 
as the old adage says, if you are genuinely interested in a company, in a customer, in another person, through that process, you'll actually formulate your language and your approach to the point where in many cases you will become interesting to that person, to that company, to that organization. So have a personalized approach. Number four, relationship building. Investing time in cultivating strong and genuine relationships and connections with a customer is absolutely critical and it, and it follows on from that previous point, being genuinely interested in them. It includes identifying and then leveraging also the internal informal influencing structure within the organization and not just the org structure. So building relationships. And I know that when I when I look at sales teams right now and we, we talk about where their relationship matrix sits, they're very good at actually providing the formalized or the I guess the published organizational structure that indicates who reports to who. But what we need to do as professional salespeople and as exceptional salespeople is understand, okay, that's the formalized organizational structure. What is the informal influencing structure, which may actually be completely different to the formalized organizational structure? Now, case in point, I was talking to a couple of people late last week, and we we're talking about people within organizations who, at least from the outside or from the from the tangible organizational structure or the formal organizational structure, you would think and sometimes make the mistake of believing that they don't necessarily have a huge amount of influence. Now, these, these roles often are going to be what a lot of people consider to be gatekeepers. So people on reception desks when you walk into a building, when you walk into a department. Uh, they could be executive assistants or team assistants. But if we, if we don't consider that these people may actually be one of the most trusted advisors to executives within an organization, then we are doing not only ourselves, but we're doing them a huge disservice because... My, my experience tells me that one of the most, I guess, uh, important confidants of a leader, a senior leader and executive is going to be the person who others look upon as being the gatekeeper. So, uh, and I've seen and I've heard, I've heard executives talk about the fact that as salespeople walk into, let's just say, a retail environment and they wanted to talk, a bit, talk to the owner of the, of the retail establishment and they are in the back office and the person coming in approaches the person on the reception desks and if they don't treat that person with a level of respect, if they look down upon them or at least give the impression they're looking down upon them, that can actually do a huge amount of disservice to their opportunities to convert that and turn it into a sale. Because the the person in the back office will often ask the person at the front desk, Hey, when Darren came in, how did he treat you? How did he greet you? How, what was your thought process? Because the first impressions count, and unfortunately, too many salespeople don't necessarily spend as much time relationship building. So don't just go for the most senior person. Look for what is the influencing structure that sits within your particular opportunities and your particular accounts that you're working on and try to figure out how can I build a better relationship with these people because when you're not there, what we want them to be doing is talking about you and your solutions, not talking about your competition. So place a huge amount of emphasis on relationship building. Point number five is all about problem solving. So identifying and addressing the specific challenges that your target customer is actually facing, which we've already kind of talked about that you've got to find out what the problem is and is there a solution to that problem that you think you can present? And does that customer potentially want to want to solve that problem? You've got to verify through the process, of course, through the conversation, which is linked to the previous point around relationship building. That we've got to verify whether this is a problem that must be solved. Because if not, 
there is not going to be an opportunity. And unfortunately, this is where a lot of salespeople fall down because they think, I do have a problem that I can solve, but the customer doesn't have a legitimate reason to solve the problem or a need or a want or a desire to solve the problem. So that's when salespeople can turn from problem solvers to convincers and manipulators. And that's where potentially we can uh, do ourselves a bit of a disservice. So don't uh, force an opportunity onto a customer. Don't force a solution onto a customer until we have verified whether there's actually a problem, first and foremost. And secondly, whether the customer wants to actually have that problem solved. Point number six is all about effective communication. We need to make sure that when we have a solution to a problem and the customer wants that problem solved, how do we communicate the solution? How do we communicate the message? It's got to be clear. It's got to be um, clear and in terms of the unique, what is the unique value proposition that we're going to bring to the table that will be uh, a solution of the problem that the customer wants to solve. And we've got to clearly demonstrate how this will solve the customer's problem. And I've got to say, it is not going to be by providing the customer with a huge number of endorsements, of case studies, and certainly of massive features and benefits. We've got to have it really, really refined and really, really targeted to what is the specific problem that they're looking for a solution around. And how do we clearly articulate that so we can position us as being a unique value in terms of the proposition? Point number seven is all about focused learning. And one of the things that I don't see salespeople and sales leaders do often enough is refining knowledge about the target market and the customer in order to stay ahead of the competition. So we've got to continue to be curious. We've got to continue to look for what's actually happening in the marketplace. And a lot of the programs that I run has an element of insight selling. So what are the insights that we can actually derive from the market? What's actually happening? What are the trends? And how can we therefore bring some real service and some real differentiation to the conversations that we're having with our customers? Which means we've got to continue to be curious about what is happening with our customer's business, what is happening with the customer's industry, and can we stay in front of that? Because if your competition is all focused on their own products and services and how they get more and more of those products and services into customers, if we can do something a little bit different and focus on the customer and their industry and their pain, then we're more likely to have an opportunity to uh, to differentiate ourselves against the competition. Uh, point number eight, resource optimization. This is a really interesting one. So when we're focusing on just one opportunity at a time, what we can do is better utilize resources efficiently towards the chosen customer. And when I say resources, that could be physical resources, it could be products and services, or it could be actually people. Now, me, I don't like referring to people as resources because I think it's very, very inhuman. Uh, But as a generalization, resource optimization is making sure we have the right people in the right places with the right solutions, the right opportunities to then focus their right attention to the right customer. And my experience is if you actually have a really targeted um, approach, if you're really, really uh, fixated on your ideal customer, there is a much higher probability of having key people within your organization who are specialists in that area who are going to work, want to work with you and want to work on the opportunities because they're more likely to come to fruition. So looking at how you can use and optimize the people that you utilize within your opportunities is key. So don't try to chase multiple opportunities and have as many specialists as possible working on all of those. Get really, really targeted. Point number nine is all about adaptability. So we've got to be flexible. We've got to be flexible enough to adapt our strategy based on two things. One is feedback that comes back from the marketplace, comes back from your specific customers, but also any evolving market dynamics that might exist. There are a lot of things that can happen that often we don't have any control over. 
could be regulatory decisions that are made, could be governments increasing taxes, uh, it could be the Reserve Bank in Australia increasing or reducing interest rates. All of these things potentially have a flow-on effect, but it's not something that we necessarily have direct control over. So we have to demonstrate a level of flexibility and be adaptable. Really difficult to do though when you are chasing multiple opportunities at once. So we need to be really, really targeted and really, really specific on the one opportunity at a time. And the last point is all about measurable results. We've got to make sure that we're setting clear achievable goals for the targeted and focused efforts and tracking performance against those. Now remember, this does not mean sales close necessarily, or it could. It is all the incremental calls to action that are necessary that need to be executed as part of the buying process. So uh, I often talk about the fact that, hey, the sales target is a sales target. That's not going to change. So don't focus every single conversation on where you're at according to your sales target. How about we start focusing the conversations on making progress and are we demonstrating the right behaviors and are living according to the right principles that will give us momentum towards achieving or getting close to achieving that outcome. Now, here's the thing as I wrap up this particular episode. There is often an overwhelming temptation to chase multiple opportunities at once. And hey, I've got two hands in the air because I've been guilty of this and so have my sales teams. And logically, what we can do is we can justify that it actually increases the odds of delivering outcomes, which is the sales version that I now realize of multitasking. So if you are as a sales leader sitting here right now and grappling with the temptation right now because you've got pressure from above or your sales numbers are not exactly where they need to be, just remember the words of Confucius that the person who chases two sales opportunities catches neither. So the moral of this particular episode, the moral of the story is get really, really granular. Get focused on the opportunity. Know your customer. Know the problems you're about to solve and focus in some on some of these, if not all of these, key principles and just watch what happens. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message finds you just at the right time to hear it. And of course, if you are a sales leader looking for help to extract even more potential out of your sales team uh, and like some external help, love to have a conversation with you as well as if you're looking to help yourself to become an exceptional sales leader, knowing that there's more that you're able to achieve, more you're able to give then I'd love the opportunity of having a conversation to see if I can help you do just that. So simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, that'll be my calendar. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, where your team's at, what you're looking to achieve over the next three months. And we can map out a plan. And uh, if that plan suits, we can uh, start the execution process ASAP. So as always, look forward to that conversation. And uh, as well as that, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.